Hi, everyone, and we're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? What's going on, man? What's up? Awesome, man. It's uh, I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to these 85-degree uh, day winter Christmas uh, weather, but hey, it comes with the territory. Especially being a New Yorker before, for sure. I understand exactly. And our guest today, I can't wait to get the story of the director, Eduardo Rodriguez, to the program. We're going to talk about his latest film, and I'm really excited, The Darkness of the Road. How are you, Eduardo? Thanks for stopping by. I'm good. I'm here in L.A., 58 degrees, so... uh... A little different from you guys over there. So, Dave, so how's 85 if he's in L.A. and it's 58? I don't know. I'm in Santa Clarita. Maybe he's by the ocean. I'm in, I'm in Sherman Oaks. I'm in the valley, so it should be really? actually hotter. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Many okay. times the valley gets, 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 gets a cloud cover. It'll burn uh, off around noontime. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so let's just jump into Wardo. <laughs> Did you always want to be a director? Let's kind of jump into that. I always wanted to be a director since I was, a, I mean, when I was a kid, I, wanted, I didn't know what a director was. So I always said I wanted to be a producer. Uh, but as I grew up and I learned about the business and all of that, uh, I knew that directing was my thing. Uh, I also write, uh, like Darling's Off the Road, uh, I wrote it too. I also write, but I don't, I don't consider myself a writer. I don't have the, the discipline uh, to sit down every day in front of the computer and write. So it's only when the, the voices inside my head get a little too crazy when I write. Got it, got it. So where were you born? Did you have access to all of the, uh, the media and, and you were watching movies and all that stuff? Yeah, I'm from, I'm from Venezuela, from Caracas. And, um, yeah, they got yeah. TV in Venezuela. I uh, they, sometimes, sometimes, not all the time. To, from time <laughs> to time, they get TV. Uh, I grew up with all the 70s horror movies, and those were my favorites. Uh, that I still favorite? to this day. What's your favorite 70s horror movie? The Exorcist. That really got you hooked. The Exorcist. Oh, um, yeah. that was scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of nightmares. Exorcist, nightmares. And, but and, all of them were great right. movies. Uh, Rosemary's Baby, uh, The Old like Man. Sybil. Which one? Sorry? Sybil. Uh, no, I know that one. Oh, Google it. Sally okay. Field and uh, multiple personality. Really scary. Oh, okay. I'm going to check that out. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so, Eduardo, would you say in that, did you like the reason like the Exorcist because it, it is real, not just not just like a horror movie made up, but there's tr- it's truth to it? Did that interest you or did it interest you more that you never know what types of horrific things can happen that are, re- that are true? I think the... the to me, why The Exorcist works is because they're not trying to be scary like jump scares. Is this dry? Is this horrible drama that's going on? And you believe in in the in the devil or not? You're still going through this horrible drama between this mother losing his daughter and not knowing what's going to happen. And they're not trying to have like comic reliefs or trying to make it a little lighter. So people, you know, sometimes they say like in horror, you have to have the comedy part so people can relieve the horror. It's all, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And that to me makes the, the, the whole story so horrific that it works at every level. It works with the gore, it works with the vomit and all of, of that, but it works extremely well at the human level because I mean, everybody can identify with the drama of this woman losing her her daughter to either science or ghosts or whatever you want to call it, but she's losing her daughter, bottom line. 
Eduardo, take us on a journey of the uh, evolution of horror films, you know, starting back when we saw, uh, you know, the Chinese version of King Kong and Godzilla, and they, they were so corny, but uh, there was no tech involved, but nevertheless, they were scary. How those developed and, and where we are today and where we're going in the future. That's actually a question you should ask my 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 editor. Uh, he's the one who's a, is a film buff. I'm not that big of a of a of a film buff, but I think horror has always worked when it speaks to us. It's not just trying to be scary. It speaks to us, like as I was saying about The Exorcist, it speaks to us at a at a human level. And like you said, King Kong, and to uh, get out. Um, if you go all the way to the spectrum, it, there's always that human drama involved, that human uh, story. And I think that's, that's good horror, you know. Uh, to me, 70s was a great time for horror uh, because they weren't just about, again, the, the gore and the jump scares. They were about how yeah. these people are being affected by this supernatural event or, or this killer or whatever it was so i think horror is always it's funny because sometimes I, I i get in a fight with my agent because it's like oh horror is not doing well so we can't sell this and i'm like horror is always gonna do well what are you talking about <laughs> horror has always done well and it will continue to do well because it, it's like comedy you know it like hits us at, at the deepest level at the core of being a human being is we're talking about like having nightmares when you, when, you, when you laugh, that's a very uh, emotional experience. And the same thing when you're scared, um, that's a very deep experience. And I think that's why it always works. So it's, there's no really a time where horror works or doesn't work. It's just good horror and bad horror. And I think the future of horror is, is just <laughs> going to be that. It's just going to be keeping that, that human story. Uh, and it has evolved a lot. I mean, like if you look at all the 80s, horror movies with all the, the slashers uh, and all of that. I, was, I remember when I was a kid, I made a, a VHS tape of all the Jason killings uh, and I cut it to music because I, I, I only watched those movies just to see the different kinds of killings that they had. And that was all it was for those movies. You know, there was no real story. Uh, and now you go and you see something like Get Out or uh, uh, Midsummer. Uh, which are great horror movies uh, these days. And uh, and it has evolved. It's not about the killing. Actually, there's very little gore. There's very little uh, uh, killing, but it's all about creating that atmosphere and that tension. So it has evolved a lot and it will continue to evolve. But to me, it's always about that, about the human the human drama. The storyline. Yes. You think is better than when the days when it was a slasher, slasher, and really no storyline at all. I do think so. I, I, I don't think it's better or worse. I do think it connects more with people. Uh, because again, I love, like if you tell them, hey, let's watch uh, Friday the 13th, um, I'm in. You know, uh, so I don't think it's, it's worse. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's more uh, timeless uh, when you have something that is just not about the gore and the killings. Yeah, well, there's also films that are not, rated horror films but they have elements of horror in them you know i think of uh the hunger games and uh, planet of the apes the latest version you know uh jurassic park uh, absolutely even, even though we know it's fake that there are no dinosaurs <laughs> it's scary when that's yeah. coming at you, you know? absolutely. i think we're, we're like in the moment 
And we don't, our subconscious doesn't know, is this real? Should I run? Should I fight back? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's all about creating that tension, you know. Is I mean, Alfred Hitchcock was a pioneer on uh, on creating tension and suspense, and he always said it like, "You tell the audience there's this bomb under the table, and you don't know when it's gonna go off, and immediately you're like, oh shit, what's gonna happen here?' You know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that convoluted." but it is effective. We all, we all want to know when that bomb is going to... Yeah, you can relate because we ask ourselves the question, well, what if I was in that situation? How would I react? Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's not, and that's so true. It's like, <laughs> and what happens next? And so tell us uh, what you, uh, some of your major projects before this, what you've been working on in your career that you've really, uh, so that people will understand what you've directed and produced before this film we're going to talk about soon. I don't think I ever had like a major, <laughs> a major film. It's always been a small movies. Uh, well, long story short, uh, and, and I was telling you uh, about Joel Sasson. Yeah. I, I mean, I went to film school at, uh, in Tallahassee at FSU, Florida State. And uh, my short film there, my thesis, got, got me to all these festivals and he went to Cannes and it was a big deal. And out of that, I got a three picture deal with Dimension Films. And that's how I, I met uh, Joel Sasson because he was a producer uh, at that time with Dimension and Bob Weinstein. Uh, so to me, it was a huge surprise. I mean, I was waiting to finish film school and come here to LA and start being a PA on set and doing all the stuff. And, uh, and all of a sudden I had this deal with Dimension Films and I was making my first feature coming out of film school. So I was super lucky uh, that, uh, that coming out of film school, I got that, the deal. And then after that, it's just been slowly but securely, I've been getting movies one after the other, but it's never been like a big major film. Always is it, been is it more movies. you're getting more ownership of it and a lot of it where you're going after the funding yourself and as a director and producer, or is it very like what? It varies. Yeah, it absolutely varies. So sometimes, it's always a, it's a, it's a partnership with the producers. Sometimes you get a producer who get you and like you go together to the battlefield and you make the movie together. Sometimes you're in complete separate page, completely different pages from the producer and, uh, and then it becomes a battle. You know, it's like, hey, what are we doing this? Or, well, we got to save money on this. Like, no, you don't want to save money on that because the movie's going to suck. Uh, so it becomes more of this dance. Uh, so it varies. It's not just because it's not automatic that you get control because it's a smaller movie. It depends more on your partnership with the producer. That's been my experience so far. Now I'm a caregiver and uh, am I the only one who's wondering why Dementia Films selected that name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Why you to no forget idea. the film after you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Right, let me know. Get back to me. I guess, I guess it's because crazy, right? The, the craziness of uh, when you get in dementia from just the amazing of just being scared, right? Scary. Probably. Exactly. That's going to keep me up at night. So get All back right. So let's the talk end. about the darkness of the road. Because anytime we don't, you know, we make that wrong turn and we go on the wrong road and it's dark, it's scary. And, and it seems like more and more the older I get and, and sometimes roads seem darker, especially if there's no light, you know. And uh, so give us the, uh, the premise of the darkness of the road. Yeah, we're always afraid of the dark, aren't we? We're always afraid of indeed, indeed. Uh, 
Darkness of the Road is a, is very, it's a very simple story. It's actually based on that short film <clears throat> that I was telling you about that got me the, the three-picture deal with the mansion back in the day. And I'm talking about 20, 20 years ago. This wow. is 2001. Uh, uh, basically, uh, Darkness of the Road is a story of this, uh, of this woman who is uh, traveling cross-country and uh, her, her car breaks down. She's traveling with her little girl. And uh, she meets uh, this hitchhiker who uh, there's something off about her. You don't know what it, you can't really pinpoint what it is, but there's something off about her. And uh, she uh, basically decides to give her a ride because she's alone in this, in this, in this desolated road. It's in the middle of nowhere. And uh, as they continue to continue with the trip, uh, this, uh, this demon force, if, if you want to call it that, start attacking them and tormenting them and you don't know what, what's going on and sometimes you feel like the hitchhiker is responsible for what's going on sometimes you think she's on her side sometimes you think there's uh she's part of, the, of all the horror that's going on yeah. and uh, it's her journey to discover uh what uh what's going on there and uh, and the little girl uh get, gets lost on the road so that uh, on top of all the stuff that's going on she has to find uh her daughter Oh, that's not, that's, that's scary. For, that's what it is. How, yeah, how does she disappear? That's part of the plot you don't want to share. That is part of it because the big reveal is how she, is, how she disappear. Next time she turns around, <laughs> the little girl is gone and you don't know where that she lost really it scary. or why she oh, lost goodness it. Gracious. Uh -huh. I tell you, when I was a father and I had, you know, a four-year-old and you take her to the park or something, uh, I went to Venice Beach one time, you know where that is, and I just I said, stay right there. I'm just gonna get this pizza. I turn around, she's gone, and for that 15 minutes, man, you're just going crazy. Absolutely, God, yeah, that's Absolutely. that's that's the scariest thing to have something that's lost and find it for and sure. And we remember those movies sure. where the same thing happened, and we we just fear for the worst, you know. So you say course. 20 years in the making, in a lot of ways, Eduardo, it's got to feel great right, to this, for this film to be out. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, is I think I wrote the feature version probably 10 years ago. So I'll say the, the feature is 10 years in the making. And uh, because it's an indie film, it took a long time to get the finances together and to get the, the right people uh, behind the movie. So it, it, it is a long journey, but but you, you get used to it. I think when you're here in LA, you, you get used to the idea, like you wait, 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 and then all of a sudden it all comes together and you just go and make the movie. That's kind of, that's how, that's how my experience been. It's a, it's a lot of waiting and then all of a sudden for whatever reason, everything comes together and you just go and make your movie. So, uh, so you just gotta be really, really patient. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, patience is a virtue and uh, not giving up. Did you ever wanna give up? You ever say this thing's just a waste of time? Does, you know, they see uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. When are you supposed to keep going? And when do you cut your losses? I think you always, I, and I talked to, to uh, the DP and the editor, they're good friends of mine. I've, I've been working with them for 15 years plus uh, in, in, in movies. And uh, I think anybody who is in the right mind wouldn't be making movies. Uh, because you will you will give it up like you said like immediately like fuck this you know I'm not gonna keep up with this or something there's a lot in, in this town a lot of promises that are never kept uh, 
so you have to be a, you have to be a lot OCD. You have to be a lot like I'm just going to do this, and I'm going to continue to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I don't care if the whole world is falling apart around me. I'm going to do this, yeah. and uh, and you have to be a little uh, naive in the sense like you have to hope always for the best, I even if it, even if it falls apart, even if it doesn't come through, you still think at some point I'm going to make this, and it's not going to be tomorrow, and it's not going to be uh, in a, in a month. But at sure. some point, it'll happen. And, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it just falls apart and sucks and you hate it because you work so hard. Uh, but that's part of the game. You know, you got to exactly. love it. Mm-hmm. And so for it is a thousand that uh, failed. Mm. Yeah. How, how hard is it to make a film now with COVID? Did you make this before COVID or? We made this before COVID, uh, which we were really lucky because I can't imagine. I haven't. I, I didn't make a movie last year, so I don't. I can't imagine. But my DP has been telling me the stories because he's been on set uh, quite a bit, and uh, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be nerve wracking because the amount uh, making a movie is all about managing the time. You have a certain amount of weeks or days sometimes to make your movie, and you have to manage how you how you shoot your movie in those days that are given to you uh, because of budget. And uh, I can't imagine all the, the time. I, I'm not going to say it's being wasted because you want to be safe and you don't want people to get uh, COVID. But uh, all the time that's being spent on the testing and the mask and the protocol uh, to shoot every, every take, every setup, <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be nerve wracking for the director and, and the and the first AD and the producers. It's gonna be like, man, are we gonna <laughs> are we gonna accomplish this? You know, how so, many hours during that twenty years were you actually working? You know, per week, per day, per uh, per month. I mean, how much of that twenty years was actual work? The 20 years, because the thing about a director is like you, you never stop working. Because even when you're making a movie, you're already thinking about the next one. You're already developing the next script. Otherwise, you don't work. Like if you just sit down and be like, oh, I'm just going to wait until see how this movie is going to do. I see. Then you don't do the next one, you know? Uh, so it's a nonstop. Uh, work for the director and I think for the producer as well because producers it's the same deal with producers they find this project they find the resources they put it together but while they're on set they'll you see them all, all the time they're already on the phone making the calls for the next one and sometimes they even leave set it's like all right I got the next one this one is in good hands I'm out uh, so I think for for the guys who are responsible for the movies? Uh, this is is this not? It's just nonstop. So why should we, we see the film? What is like the the reason for horror f- fanatics to go out and check it out? Okay, before I answer that question, I was gonna say, so I worked twenty years, but I got paid probably like three years. You know, you if you put all the amount of hours that you work and yeah. the amount of money that you've made. It's like 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 less than minimum wage. Oh my goodness! For all those twenty years, yeah. Mm. We haven't hit the jackpot yet. No, you have to hit the jackpot to make a lot of money. Yeah, mm. like buying a lottery ticket. <laughs> it is like buying a lot. That's why there are so little. Uh, I mean, there's a handful of people at the top of movie and, uh, making, and they didn't like give up, did they? The lottery. <clears throat> they didn't give up. 
because it's a is is a is a is a is a labor of of, of love. Sometimes it's skill. Sometimes, like Suzanne Summers, it was just luck. In the right exactly. place, right time. And the commissary, Johnny Carson says, hey, pretty lady, blah, blah, blah. Next is history. And I think it's always a combination of all of those. Like I said, like with my short film, I never expected to get to come out of film school and, and get a, a deal with anybody. Uh, but I got lucky. Uh, but it's not just about being lucky. It's like you have to put out the hours. You have to put out the, 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 the work. Exactly, and, uh, or maybe that's how it happens. Thing, you know, so you I, I believe it. Believe it, it. It's a mixture of things, as Eduardo said. <laughs> Never know, because again, it's the talent, it's the work ethic, and it's being in the right place, right time. Now, mm -hmm. so my last question I was asking you, Eduardo, is yeah. why should people see the film? People should see the film because, they, like I was we were saying before, horror is something that is a, ca a catharsis. You know, it, it makes it all the stress, all the stuff that you have going on you put it out there in the movie you're scared for that time and you come out at the end of the film hopefully a little bit more relaxed you know you put all that, that stress on, on on a horror movie and I think you if like you said like if I did my job right uh, I think uh, with darkness of the road you'll come out of the end of the movie and be like okay okay my life is not that bad so I can go on and uh, and uh, be a little happier you know so uh I think that's that's it's good entertainment for sure. Great. And you, can you talk about the next project yet or no? I'm sorry. Can you talk about the next project that you got on your mind or no? I have a couple of series. I really want to get in. I never done. I did TV uh, like ten years ago. Uh, Fear itself uh, for NBC. That was a horror anthology. But I never done a series. And uh, there's so much potential for 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 series right now. Regular yeah. paper. I'm working on, on a couple of those to see if one of those, uh, fingers crossed. Well, we'll keep uh, your happen. Definitely. We'll think of you for sure. Yeah. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. All right. So, Dave, uh, you have final question. <clears throat> Dave's a caregiver and he has a caregiving question for you. Go ahead, Dave. I'm caregiver Dave. My wife had a stroke 25 years ago, lost her speech, became paralyzed. And I made a lot of mistakes for a couple of years, the grief process, but we reinvented ourselves and she still can't talk. She can communicate non verbally through Pictionary charades, you know, kind of like Harper Marx. <laughs> and uh, so I became Dave the caregiver's caregiver because I know that I've made a lot of mistakes. If I can help other people not make those mistakes, uh, I might save their lives because 30% of caregivers actually die from the stress. And so you're, everyone is either going to become one or need one one day. So it's inevitable, you know. Mm. So my question to you, Eduardo, is uh, have you had any experience with caregiving? Any uh, people in your life, your parents, grandparents, uh, friends? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, both of my parents, I, I lost my dad to cancer and I lost my mom right. to a stroke. And I, I was there uh, sitting next to them and uh, keeping them uh, as comfortable and as, and as happy as they could be uh, while they were going through their final final hours so uh yeah i've, I've been on that chair oh, know, job, huh? it feels mm -hmm. but uh yeah. it's a, a lot of love and, and a lot of uh uh like you said is you you want the best for that yeah. person that you love so much and uh, that's why i started caregiverdave.com if you know anybody going through the stress you see him hey go to this website you know this guy will help you out absolutely I want him to strive not just survive you know exactly absolutely so all right so fantastic eduardo we appreciate you coming by uh 
So what did you think of my horror audition? Because you said you watched my interview with Joel. Do you think I can be, do you have a word for me down the line? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We'll be in touch. We'll okay. Be in touch All right. For, Sounds good. For the next I'll one. keep working on it because I'm a legitimate 6'10". You know, <laughs> looking for yeah. some work definitely in Hollywood and you never know the opportunities. So whenever you're doing another film, you need a big guy in a slasher type film. I'm here. Absolutely. Awesome, so, I appreciate it. You've got those uh, uh, Charles Manson eyes when you, you know. <laughs> All right. We appreciate it, Eduardo. Thanks Thank you again. so much, guys. Thanks, Great Dave. meeting you. Take care. Take care. Check out his film. Appreciate it. Thanks, Eduardo. Take, Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye -bye. That was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment, guys. Take care.